Welcome to another edition of Lodging On Demand. In this episode, Lodging Editor-in-Chief Dennis Nessler sits down with Gary Gray, Chief Investment Officer at 24-7 Hotels. Gray weighs in on a handful of key industry issues such as labor, rising interest rates, and development challenges, while detailing some of the strategies that have helped 24-7 carve its niche within the third-party management ranks. Hi, this is Dennis Nessler, Editor-in-Chief of Lodging Magazine. I'm here today with Gary Gray, Chief Investment Officer for 24-7 Hotels. Welcome, Gary. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Dennis. Yeah. So, Gary, what? give me your thoughts on, on um, as we kind of round up the, the year in 23 and, and head into 24, what, are you bullish on the industry in general? What, what are you looking at uh, going forward? Well, yes, absolutely. We're, we're, we're cautiously optimistic, shall I say. We know the industry's facing a lot of headwinds with what's going on with the interest rate environment, that kind of thing. So that's creating a lot of uh, challenges uh, on that investment side. But for us as a third-party operating company, I think we see lots of opportunity by virtue of kind of who we are and how we've positioned ourselves. So I think generally, yes, we feel very good about the opportunities and the ability to leverage who we are. Sure. Sure. And, and uh, you guys have kind of carved out a reputation uh, in, in California and, and kind of uh, in the Western U.S., right, for managing and operating properties? That's correct. Again, we're a third-party operator. We're based in Newport Beach, California. Uh, we've got about 30 properties in the Western U.S., so we're effectively a regional uh, operator by design, by choice. Uh, we operate in, in again, uh, the Western states, primarily California. Most of our hotels of the 30, around 30 hotels are in California, but we've got hotels in Arizona, in Nevada, in Idaho, uh, in uh, Washington. Um, so uh, got a good coverage in the West. Yeah. Um, as you know, as an operator, one of the major issues for the industry is, is labor and has been for, for a number of years, really since COVID. Um, what's what's your outlook in terms of labor and, and what are some of the things maybe that 24-7 is doing to, uh, to, to ensure that uh, you're able to continue to uh, to service uh, guests well and and continue to keep that moving in the right direction. Sure. Well, you you, you mentioned COVID, so maybe I'll start there. Uh, the the owners of twenty four seven were uh, I I think spot on in their um, aim to keep everybody uh, at the corporate level and the regional level in place. And so as we were working our way through COVID and coming out of COVID. Um, everybody took some sacrifices so that the team could remain in place. So one of the advantages we had of coming out of COVID is we didn't lose anybody. So we were able to build back and build forward uh, very quickly. We weren't at the at, at the that core level. We weren't trying to build back a team. So that really helped us. But look, we're we're all facing uh, the same environment right now, as you mentioned. Labor is just tough. That's kind of top of everybody's mind. I think for us, maybe we put a little bit more pressure on ourselves because it's not only trying to solve the labor problem, it's trying to find the right people. So it's not just about putting bodies in a position. We're looking, we're in the service industry and you've got to find the right people. You've got to find people that that's in their core. That's what they do. And so that makes it, uh, I think, additionally hard for us to try and find these right people. Sometimes um, we have positions that may go a little uh, vacant a little bit longer because again, we're looking for that right person. But it is a challenge for sure. Um, you know, look, we've got other challenges as an industry. I think we're starting as an industry to see things going on with our insurance costs uh, by virtue. Of, it doesn't matter where you are, whether you're on the West Coast, whether you're on the East Coast, with issues with fires, with floods. All of these things are driving the insurance industry to raise rates. So we're feeling that as well. So plenty of challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Can you uh, maybe just elaborate a little bit in terms of 
of costs and and uh, the impact that that has on profitability, um, certainly for from an operator perspective. Well, uh, labor is anywhere from 50% to two thirds of your costs, right? In, in operating a hotel. So it's a huge uh, thing that you have to get uh, your hands around. Um, we are trying to work proactively and sometimes take initiatives as it relates to how we deploy that labor, the systems that we put in place uh, to manage that labor proactively through forecasting and looking at where we are with labor so that we're staffing accordingly. We're trying to anticipate things as best we can. Uh, to keep control of that. But um, again, I'm going to say that, that that we are a group that recognizes we're competing in a marketplace and we want the best people. So sometimes this is a this is a matter of educating our owners in, in terms of the expectations on the labor side, where it's going to have to go in order to be competitive, to generate good service, to get good scores with the brands, and to provide a, a, a quality stay that supports the ADRs we're looking for. Yeah, sure. Um... What are your thoughts in terms of the management landscape? We, there's been a lot of M&A activity over the last several years, um, management companies uh, merging and, and consolidating, some getting much larger, uh, having a little more scale. What, what are your thoughts in terms of how the management landscape has changed? And, and if so, you know, how has that changed kind of 24-7's um, you know, uh, way of doing business? Sure. No, no doubt the mantra seems to be bigger is better. I think we probably take a contrarian view of that. I think that uh, bigger is better is not always uh, the case, uh, and certainly not always the case for every type of owner. Look, if you're an owner of a portfolio of hotels, 10 hotels, 20 hotels, uh, and you approach a management company, you're going to get some attention. So for those bigger management companies that have clients like that, those management companies are probably pretty responsive to those big clients. But if you're an owner and you've got two hotels, three hotels, uh, you know, look, what it's just human nature. What are the odds that you're going to get the attention that you're going to be top of mind uh, with with a large management company? So, again, we have purposely stayed regional. That limits our size to some degree. But we're also, again, a, a management company that consults with our owners. We're there for our owners. I mentioned that a lot of our owners are first-time owners, first-time developers. So we're there to help them get to where they go, want to go, reach their goals. Um, and you can't you can't do that if you're a, a, a big organization. We know all of our owners intimately. And I think that gives us a higher level of service um, and, and a better result for our properties. Yeah, sure. Um, you, I know you have a development background. Uh, What's the development environment like right now? I know that costs were were pretty high um, as of the last couple of years in terms of materials and things like that. Obviously, financing is an issue. What are you seeing on the development side? I know you guys have a few things in the pipeline to to add to your portfolio of, of thirty properties or so. Um, right. What are you seeing on on the uh, development side? So, uh, well, obviously, right now in the marketplace at large, really not much. Things are are grinding to a halt. It's it's very difficult to get deals to pencil when um, not only interest rates are high, but when costs are moving and there's uncertainty. So that uncertainty creates a difficult environment for lenders, for the investors, for for everybody involved. Right. So um, at, at that level, we've seen certainly a, a, a dramatic slowdown. However, for us, we are fortunate that we have some relationships uh, with groups that have been able to remain active because they're using their balance sheets. So we're working with some brands that are actually active in new developments. So, for example, we're opening or we'll be opening this month in the month of December, uh, a hotel in Burbank. 
Uh, we'll be opening a hotel in February in Denver. We'll be opening later in the first quarter a hotel up in Spokane. And we'll be opening a hotel in Southern California in the community of Norco uh, by mid-year mid next year. So despite what I just said about the environment, we have a very nice and robust pipeline of, of development deals that are actually in construction. And that's a big that's a big plus, obviously. If you've got the financing in place, you're down the road, your costs are for the most part locked in, you can execute on those. But for the environment, for those just trying to get started right now, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, sure. When you look at some of the capital markets and the capital market structure, you know, um, pricing seems to the, the the bid ask gap has been pretty large for the last few years. Um, what are you seeing in terms of asset values and and you know potential um, opportunities that way? Well, like the development market, it's a, it's a very difficult market. It's difficult to get things done. Um, uh, so I, I, you know, look, the, everybody's pondering what's going to happen next year. There are groups that are lining up with capital, thinking that there's going to be a lot of distress. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are going to be opportunities there. Um, uh, personally, uh, we've seen a number of, of, of periods where there have been dramatic down cycles, 9-11, the Great Recession, COVID. And uh, we're a little bit more of the mind that uh, there's, there's gonna, the, the money's going to be patient on the ownership side. Uh, and we're going to see things kind of get stretched out a little bit. And, and hopefully that gives time for some of the cap rates to compress and then we'll see the transaction uh, activity increase. Because right now it's very difficult to get something to underwrite. Uh, we do have, we're looking at a, a, an opportunity uh, in Southern California with one group, um, which we think the metrics work actually. They're difficult to find. And we've got a second opportunity in Southern California where we're doing dealing with a, an ownership group that capital is coming from outside the country. So they've got a little bit of a different dynamic in terms of dealing with the debt markets or in fact, not needing to deal with the debt markets. So there's kind of some needle in the haystack opportunities we found on the acquisition side. Mm -hmm. You mentioned next year. What do you see next year in terms of, I know it's an election year, um, obviously the interest rates, I think you referenced earlier. Um, demand, however, seems to be relatively strong for the industry. Um, what do you, what do you, what's your crystal ball say for 2024? Well, uh, I, I'd like to think optimistically here that we're successfully going to have that soft landing that people talk about, that with the interest rates coming down, there's going to be a little bit more certainty in terms of people's, uh, I'm sorry, the rate of inflation coming down will help bring interest rates at least to some level of stability and ultimately come down. But you're going to see people feeling more comfortable about, about their expenditures. We benefit, again, from having assets in Southern California. Most of our assets are the premium brand Select Serve, Extended Stay, Lifestyle and Boutique Hotels. So we're not exposed to uh, the urban centers with big box hotels and the need to fill up on the group side. So we're, I think we're going to experience a good 2024 in terms of demand. Um, we're, while we did see some pullback in the leisure now coming out of COVID, I think there was that pendulum that swung to an extreme and now has come back a bit. Here in Southern California, we're starting to see uh, travel coming from uh, Asia and, and the Pacific. So uh, I think we're getting that international traveler that we need back. Uh, but again, we're in good markets uh, and we've got good brands. So that's important for us as well. No question. Uh, and, and international travel is a key piece. How about business travel? Are you seeing any uptick with that? We're seeing some uptick. We're seeing some in some markets this return to the office and and and. Uh, uh, that we're benefiting from that, uh, but but we're not expecting uh, a full a wholesale return in 2024 to some of these markets. We have some hotels in the Bay Area, and they're still 
it's still soft up there, no doubt, in terms of the return to the office and and, and those markets. Yeah, no question. Gary, thank you so much for your time and your and your insights today. They were great and we really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Happy New Year to you. And you as well. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Lodging On Demand. If you want more content like this, subscribe to Lodging Magazine on YouTube. You can also subscribe to Lodging On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. For news and updates, follow at Lodging Magazine on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Or visit us at lodgingmagazine.com.